0: Theo Germain's career shows two drastically different approaches to trans storytelling on screen. In Work In Progress on Showtime, Theo's gender is part of the plot, and as you'll hear, their character's pronouns are even clarified in the very first episode. This is compared to the Politician TV show on Netflix. Theo plays a student who is quiet and intense, and just happens to be trans. The character is essential to the plot of the show, but their gender is not. I think that both of these different ways to tell trans stories are important and necessary as we continue to hopefully see more characters from across the gender spectrum on TV. So, as Theo's star continues to rise, they were just cast in the 4400 TV show Reboot and a new horror movie about a conversion camp from Blumhouse. As their star continues to rise, we wanted to revisit this conversation that we had back in March of 2020. So, let's hear it. From The Advocate Magazine, in partnership with GLAAD, I'm Jeffrey Masters, and this is LGBTQ&A. So a few months ago, we did an episode with Abby McEnany from Work in Progress, your co-star. And one of the things we talked about was the scene in the first episode where she asks your character out, misgenders you, and then the way the scene plays out, I think is really important to see on TV. You know what? Let's actually play it. Sure.
1: Can I buy you a drink sometime? Really? Uh, Yeah, actually, um, I'd love it. I haven't been out for a drink with an attractive woman in a really long time, so... Uh, actually, I'm a trans man. Well, I haven't been out with an attractive trans man in ever, so... Okay, I am so sorry to be rude, but I actually really have to go. Yeah, no, no problem, no problem. Okay, 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 bye. All right, bye. So, Theo, what was your first reaction when you read that scene? I honestly was really excited because it was super realistic. You know, it felt like, I mean, that's something that I have basically had happen to me before. People are like, I don't know what Theo's gender is. Sometimes people will make an assumption and be like, oh, this is like a, you know, butch, you know, woman person. And I'm like, that's not how I identify. Actually, I'm this. The realistic, honesty, awkwardness exchange that happens during that phone call is really exciting. It addresses that, you know, here's a person who's in an older generation than Chris who hasn't really... Maybe had any super real connections with trans people before, but is kind of just here for it. And it's kind of just like, cool, I don't know, this has never happened, whatever. And I just think that that's exactly what would happen. You know, I I think that there would be, you know, older folks who may have less experience who would kind of stumble through things a little bit, but everybody's basically on board and open and... I loved it. I was so excited. I was like, this is exactly what happens.
0: I agree. A lot. And I love that like y'all addressed your gender in the scene and then moved on. Yeah. I think that's really important to model for people that it doesn't need to become like the biggest issue of all time, even though it is important, but it is okay to like move on, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. And does that sound rude?
1: No it, no, it doesn't. No, I mean, and, and it, what it does is it, it presents a super realistic situation and it also is kind of a teaching lesson. And I think with queer... And trans media because there is still and lesbian media because there's still so little of it. It's really hard to not fall into that trap of just teaching and teaching and teaching and being like, this is the episode where we talk about this. But when something can be part of the story and just flawlessly kind of show people the way at the same time, that's kind of exciting.
0: I agree. And I think, like, just, like, looking at the history of representation, usually someone on a TV show or movie finds out someone's trans and is no longer attracted to them. And I love right. that it was like, modeling the example that, oh, you can find out someone's trans and still be into them.
1: Right, because that's just normal life and that's just how everybody should be.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, also, though, your character is trans and they have agency and they're asking somebody out. And that is not a scenario we see a lot of trans people also, like,
1: playing on TV. Yeah, he just kind of gets to be the cool romantic boyfriend. And I'm, I think that's great. I love it. I love it.
0: Yeah. You mentioned being like misgendered in real life. Has that decreased as your public profiles grown?
1: Yeah, definitely. I was someone who started experiencing gender feelings Basically, as soon as I started having a personality, when I was super young, when I was a toddler, I was like, oh, something's up and I don't know what's going on.
0: Sorry, you remember that long ago and assigning that feeling to gender? Mm -hmm. Wow.
1: Yeah. No, my first memories, I joke and I'll tell people my first memories, memories are the Lion King and gender dysphoria. Whoa. Yes. I remember being three years old and being in daycare and all of my fellow daycare students, you know, we were all lying down on our mats. And I remember not being able to nap any day because I would always just like sit there and think about gender and being like, I don't really know. It was really, it was very rudimentary. And I was like, I don't really know what's going on, but like all of these roles and things that I'm, my brain is starting to pick up on about gender and men do this and women do this and like something is wrong. And I don't know what's going on. I remember my mom, who's a great mom. She was like, hey, when you grow up, your body's going to be this way and your dad's body is this way. And I was like, what? I don't know why, but I think something's wrong. And I grew up in a super small town and had very, very, there were very limited gender roles. It was the type of place where it was like if you had long hair, you know, like girls have long hair, boys have short hair. Um, If you're a girl and you have short hair, that means you're a lesbian. And I was much more like mask, you know, sort of feeling, but also was kind of like, I don't know if I really have a gender. I don't really know what's going on. But I started hormone replacement therapy when I was a teen. And I had top surgery when I was a teen and was very much like, yeah, I'm a boy, like totally, totally was like FTM identifying. And then I was like, wait, the universe is huge and big and I think something else is going on besides this. And for a while, I was basically exclusively air quotes passing as male and um, kind of lived stealth for, for a little while. And then was kind of like I give up, <laughs> you know. Like, like I definitely think that I I want to use you know I want to add you know they pronouns into the mix and kind of existing in that space put people in a spot where they kind of make assumptions. Um, people sometimes think I'm a man, sometimes they think I'm a woman, and I feel like I exist in this really weird space of gender because I'm kind of in public life and I'm kind of not in public life, and I know how I look and I know how I sound and. I know what people's conditionings of how men and women are, air quotes, supposed to look. Gender is in the eye of the beholder right now. Oh, wow. It's weird. It's weird. Sometimes I'm really annoyed and sometimes I'm like, I'm a spy. Nobody knows. (laughs) It's great.
0: How much thought do you put into what you wear on a daily basis to affect that perception
1: of your gender? You know, it kind of it kind of depends. I think if I'm going into some kind of enclosed space, I'll be really conscious about it. Like if I'm going to the gym, I will go and I'll use the men's locker room. And because there's a there can be a lot of like mask aggro energy at the gym, and I've had issues in locker rooms before, I change the way that I walk. (laughs) Um, And I definitely wear certain things to kind of kind of like indicate that like, this person should be in this locker room. And I'm doing it because I want to, but it's also like there's a certain, I think there's there's still a, a significant amount of boxing in that trans people have to do for themselves in order to stay safe, you know, and it's really, it's weird. It's this weird space that I exist in.
0: I could be wrong, but I believe that when Abby McEnany was here, she said that you were using they, them pronouns exclusively, but now recently started using he, him as a recent change. Um, Is that true?
1: No, uh, I, I mean, I kind of was in a spot where I used he exclusively for a long time. And then I was like, they, and then I was in college and I wanted to use they, but I was in college and basically all of my, like my environment was like, hey, you have to pick one or the other. And I was like, ah, I don't know what's going on. And I kind of stuck with using they exclusively. And now I'm kind of like, I really like both. You know, I think that my history is, you know, being a very masked person and kind of existing on one half you know, of this big spectrum. And I love being called he, and I love being called they.
0: I was wondering cool. that because I yeah. didn't know if your experience and understanding of your own gender was still evolving.
1: I think it's going to keep evolving. And I'm also just so fascinated in what social construct of gender is and like what we've been taught, what what has been indoctrinated, because there's so much that we grow up with that we that we take in, you know, and I want to question all of it.
0: I'm so fascinated that you were like three and four and like thinking about your gender and your place in the world and like the being aware of that.
1: I don't know why it happened. You know, I think that I sometimes I feel nervous to tell that story because there's a lacking of narrative, you know, with trans people and stories and history and media. And I think that there's still a very common idea that. You know, you've known your entire life and you've been very sure about everything and that can really hurt people who maybe are learning and discovering things, you know, later in life. So I say that with saying that's just one experience, you know, out of many. And honestly, you know, whether or not somebody identifies, you know, whether or not somebody is trans or non-binary or gender fluid, like, I think that there's... There's so much questioning that we do and there is so much of gender that is informed by masculinity, you know, and especially like, you know, fragile and toxic masculinity and oppressive masculinity, you know.
0: Is that something that you had to learn post coming out or did you like know ahead of time?
1: I mean, there were definitely things that I knew when I was growing up and definitely certain limita- like limitations and oppressions and things like that. You know, and a lot of it was just figuring things out firsthand. Like if I was if I'm somewhere and somebody reads me as, you know, a young man, they interact with me in a very different way it's weird it it kind of feels like i mean as someone who has so much passed at past air quotes as different genders along the spectrum there is a very interesting insight that i feel like i've had in regards to how people communicate especially how especially how masculinity works and it, and it, and it's it's been scary sometimes um not having that conditioning when i was growing up but just people make not make make maybe making assumptions or just kind of like adding me into the group and i'm like yo whoa What's yeah, it's an interesting perspective you have because
0: your gender history encompasses like everything. You check all boxes. Basic, I guess, basically, yeah. Like, or at least like you are perceived in that way, right? And treated you know, like, like, thusly.
1: Yeah, it's 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 strange, and I think that you know, especially you know, sometimes it puts me on guard, um, especially at night. You know, because I've had, I mean, I've had issues where I have been, you know, harassed or assaulted on the street, basically because people assume that I'm every single gender. People will think that I'm a gay man and they will do something because of that. Or people will think I'm, you know, a butch woman and they will try to do something because of that. Or maybe I feel really femme that day and I'm dressed a certain way and then people will, will act inappropriately as such.
0: And going back to you growing up in Illinois, I had no idea that you came out so early That strikes me as so interesting being from a small town. Were there other trans people around that you knew or
1: saw? A few years ago, I was on Facebook because I still use Facebook and somebody popped up on my feed and I was like, I'm friends with this person, but I don't know who they are. Maybe it's somebody's sister or something like that. And I investigated only to discover that a friend of mine who I'd been in high school with, she'd come out, you know, and is and is, is proudly trans. And that's like so amazing. But like, we both weren't out in high school. Because I, I like publicly came out right after I graduated from high school. And so there was one other person who, who I kind of grew up with who was trans. She just wasn't out. And I just wasn't out. And I kind of went back in my head. And I started thinking about some of the conversations that we'd had when we were, you know, 15, 16 years old, and I was like, oh, shit, we were both trying to figure things out, you know? Also, I don't know how... but basically all of my closest friends fell underneath the lgbtq umbrella like my best friend had a girlfriend and you know my other friend was gay and this person was bisexual and i was like yeah i'm somewhere in the you know gender fluidy spectrum and we were all kind of out to each other and then like some people around the school were kind of like i think those two people are lesbians and everybody was just i had a boyfriend in high school and everybody was like those two are each other's beards because I was gender variant and my boyfriend would just like get in trouble for wearing skirts to school and things like that. We just didn't give a fuck, you know. And I don't know why. That that's really striking for such a small place. It's I mean, but is it though?
0: That's why, like I think that like it, the generational shifts for queer people is so fascinating because we're not that different in age. I'm older, but not that much older, hopefully. And to me, everything you're describing is like beyond radical and not m- my personal experience. Mm, at least got you.
1: yeah, I mean, there are, there are so many gay people in the country and so many trans people. I mean, by the country, I mean like rural, you know, small town. When we say small town, we're saying like five thousand people, right? Yes. Yeah, I think that's why I'm also that
0: more surprised. yeah. Because I grew up in a town of like 200,000 in North Carolina. Oh, wow. And there was a lesbian gym teacher, because there always is. There always, (laughs) oh, me too. Yeah, always. (laughs) Um, There was a lesbian gym teacher, but her sexuality was only whispered about. It was never confirmed. Mm -hmm. You know, she lived with a French teacher and people had legitimate questions. Are they roommates? When like in hindsight, it's so obvious. Yeah, And so it just didn't dawn on me that i had the ability to be out and queer or to even
1: tell one person in high school yeah i mean in the town that i grew up in was a little bit you know behind too and i definitely remember a lot of stuff like that happening you know if a teacher if people were suspicious that a teacher might be you know gay or queer or something like that there was so much whispering and like a lot of mean stuff too you know like i was made fun of a lot in high school for for looking a certain way you know cutting all my hair off when i was 15 which was the most exciting thing ever people were like oh yeah that person's definitely a lesbian and i was like i like girls but like that's not you're not understanding as your gender
0: continues to evolve or at least let's say your understanding of your own you get to know it better let's say are you seeing an evolution or expansion in your sexuality as well
1: Okay, sexuality, too. Don't know why. I remember being like five and being like, yep, I like boys. And then being six, you know, kindergarten, I was like, yeah, boys. And in the first grade, I was like, mm-hmm, yeah, girls, too. And I just was kind of like, yeah, yep, that's how I feel. And then it wasn't until later that I was like, oh, people don't like this. And I honestly think that that's because there was a certain part of my life that was actually so sheltered that I didn't learn it was wrong. Does that make sense? I didn't learn it was, air quotes, like, an issue until people started to make it an issue. And sexuality, like homophobia, is something that didn't really start to come up for me until I got into middle school and people started, you know, making all of these – middle school students can be so cruel – You know, they inherit everything that they've learned from their parents, and they spit it out at you. So it got really hard in middle school and high school, but I just was kind of like, yeah, I I know that I like everybody, and I've kind of always just been that way.
0: And so not only knowing that, but you were open about that to other people as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, and then I kind of started to retreat a little bit as people were like being, you know— mean about it i think that there's definitely stuff that i've dealt with based on again going back to people's perceptions of what my gender is or or their assumptions about how i should behave or act and there's definitely people that have been really phobic and that sucks but i just don't date them (laughs) 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 i think that you occupy this
0: place in hollywood that we have so few like trans masculine people on screen that it is exciting that you are considered like a heartthrob
1: <laughs> do you know are you aware of people's like crushes on you i maybe <laughs> oh my face is turning really red maybe sounds like a yes there are some people that have said some very nice things to me and i get really embarrassed and and i'm very grateful for people's compliments and also, I feel kind of excited that people are like, wow, that's a cute person. And like, and I know how I look, you know, and I know, I know that I'm not the most masculine person. And I know that sometimes I occupy a space that's a little like, ooh, what's going on? I think that people should just normalize their feelings about non-binary people.
0: You know, I, I mentioned how much I like Work in Progress. And I like that your character is like, yo, I'm trans. These are my pronouns. And I think that that is just as important as your character on the pol- on the politician where like your gender is not talked about and it's not part of the storyline i think like both are like what i demand of representation and it's interesting that you are occupying both of those roles it's weird
1: i don't know how it happened <laughs> but i'm excited you know i i it's really inspired me to obviously keep auditioning and obviously to like fight. You know, there's definitely some boxed inness that I have come to understand that I'm still kind of facing in the industry. And these two opportunities that I have had thus far have made me be like, you know what, I'm not going to stop pursuing, you know, auditions and jobs and things like that. And I'm going to continue to break out of this box and help other people break out of this box and help get people cast just because they're good, because like that's how it should be.
0: Was the role on The Politician meant to be a trans character?
1: Yeah. When I got the breakdown, it just said transgender male, you know, 17, has supportive parents. That was kind of it.
0: Is it weird to be playing an out-trans person in high school when you did not have that experience?
1: Yes. It's weird. You know, and I've been thinking about this a lot. There's a lot of, like, you know, when I approach a role, I'm very interested in the psychology and, like, the memory-making and stuff like that and filling in all the gaps of, of this character. You know, when what are they doing and what's their history when they're not on screen? And... Part of it was kind of like, oh, fantasy life. Like, like this is kind of, you know, I, I wish that I could have been out, you know, in high school, but it wasn't really something that was an option for me. And it's kind of a dream. But I also think a lot about how the male characters that I play are informed by masculinity and their conditioning, you know, and what their experiences are in this, in this universe. So far in these bigger roles, so you're
0: playing trans men. You're not playing non-binary characters. Mm-hmm. Yes. Are those the vast majority of roles you go out
1: for? A lot of them. It's in your wheelhouse. Are, yeah, it's right. It's, it's something that's in my wheelhouse.
0: Well, I ask that because yeah. my assumption is that there are just like a limited few number of non-binary like roles to be cast.
1: Yeah. I mean, and also like I just I wouldn't want to go out for them all if that was the only thing that was presenting itself, which is still, you know, kind of the case. I just want to like be an astronaut, you know, or just like be in something that doesn't even have anything to do with gender at all. All of these roles that
0: we've been talking about, I feel like in Hollywood, they would not have existed five to six years ago. Totally. So uh, did you wonder, looking at like the landscape, like where you would fit in in Hollywood?
1: When I was auditioning, you know, before these things happened, I kind of was just like, go, go, go. like trying to submit to every single possible thing that I could, you know, going in for everything that I could. and and yeah, nothing was like those two opportunities yet.
0: I think it's really noteworthy that for both of your big roles, you have not been the only trans person on set.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: I think those are probably like, unfortunately, outliers in your career.
1: And for a large majority, you know, of television and film work, like that's, you know, that's that's the case, still the case a lot of the times. I don't mind being the only person or the only one of the only few like me on set, but just why is that happening? I think that because of the pressures of gender and society and you know all of these things, I think that I've been I've sometimes been kind of apologetic, which has not been my fault. So I've really worked on just asserting myself and every time somebody, you know, maybe says something and I'm like, hey, you know, don't say that. I kind of speak up about it, but I'm like, I'm going to educate you about this and assume that you're coming from a good place, you know, because I want you to be coming from a good place. And people are receptive. Like when we were working on Work in Progress, it was a very queer set, but also there was a huge portion of the crew who had maybe never worked with a lot of people were telling me they'd never worked with queer people before and like, really or uh, uh, trans people before and i was like okay i can put my educator hat on for this for for this this experience because all of the people that i was working with on work in progress who maybe had not met someone like me or lily before or the other cast members who were queer and trans, oh, lily wachowski mm-hmm, everybody was eager to like to be a good ally and to educate themselves and i was like you know I'm going to need some help sometimes, but like I have an educational background and there are certain things that I'm able to, able to as in it doesn't make me better, but able to as in how I've been able to compartmentalize, you know, things and like use use my communication skills to, it, to the advantage. I don't mind educating people. That's quite generous. It's just something that I do. I think that, but I know what my boundaries are. And I think when I don't want to talk about it and I'm kind of tired, I will ask someone to help me or I'll be like, hey, like not right now. But there are a lot of people that are not in the position that I'm in to talk about it. And I am going to be loud about it. And I'm going to help because I don't want other people to have as hard of a time.
0: Yeah, just such an interesting fact of your life that many people don't have to deal with on a daily basis about their different identities.
1: You know what? Also, I know that this is going back to what we said before. We were talking about like conditioning and like social constructs of gender. And like there are so many ways in which I wish everybody could get themselves to a spot where they could do an examination of, of what their social conditioning was personally and for health, but also doing an analysis of the social constructs of gender like, helps you deepen your understanding of a character if you're working on set. You know, like, There are so many motivations that characters have that are gender-based and social construct-based that we never talk about in our you know, analysis of a character when we're doing background work. I think it's really
0: interesting, too, what you said about Apologizing and being apologetic, how you were that way, even though it wasn't your fault. What I got from that is like you were being apologetic because like that was also like the default that you were taught, mm-hmm. and like you're doing this like by by default, not because you actually want to be.
1: Yeah, I mean, and and there's so you know there's so there's so much of a a map that we've that so many of us have not been given that like it's it's very hard to stand up and assert yourself. And um, there's a lot of people who are like being non-binary or being gender other or whatever is like a trend, and it's like no. It's not, you know. I mean, there are certain words that we're using now, but like, you know, gender fluidity and all of that has existed basically since the beginning of time. The language is new. The experience is not. Right. Yes. You know, like we didn't have the word, you know, transsexual 100 years ago necessarily.
0: So even though it is viewed by some people as a trend, and we don't need to get into why um, it's not, because I think we all know why. But even though, let's say, Hollywood views being trans as a trend, do you find that like you're able to like play into that to help your career
1: oh that i mean that sort of thing is a conversation that i've had with a lot of other people in the industry where it's like god then it just makes me think about like capitalism and like capitalizing on your identity to try to get some sort of success and it's like i don't want to capitalize on this part of myself to try to gain stuff you know but i am going to talk about it and i am not going to i'm not going to be quiet about it and I
0: do think it is noteworthy that the two shows you're part of have other trans people involved in the creative process because I get really uncomfortable applauding TV shows or movies for representation for the fact of representation, even if it's good or bad. Mm-hmm. I want good representation. Yes. I'm pa- I don't want like a trans character on screen anymore if it's not gonna be the best. right. And I think that like your the success of your roles on these shows is because it wasn't just you. Right. It was like many other trans hands, trans hands touched the, the script, touched the production.
1: Yeah. And I also think I think that that when we think about representation and diversity, what people usually mean is, am I seeing somebody on screen? Who is that? And there's this whole other issue happening where there's so many behind the scenes people and so many crew people who are not getting the jobs that they should be getting, you know, and I want sets to be more diverse as well just because there are so many there are so many talented people who are just not getting those opportunities and they should be.
0: And that was Theo Germain, thank you to Theo, and thank you so much to everyone who's been listening and leaving comments on Apple Podcasts. Subscribing is crucial so you don't miss an episode, yes, but also when you scroll down in our page on Apple Podcasts and leave a comment, it helps other people find our show, and that is the biggest way that you can help our show continue to grow and continue to stay free. So thank you so much to everyone who does that. Were brought to you by The Advocate magazine in partnership with GLAD. I'm Jeffrey Masters. I will see you next week. Bye.